come in thy presence and to worship you, O Lord God, I pray in spirit and truth. We bless the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said amen. amen. All right, if you have a Bible this morning. Good to be with each and every one of you right here in God's house. We want to take a good look into the Word of God, okay, that good chapter and verse. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, First Corinthians chapter 2, I'm going to begin reading with verse 1, and I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save or except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And everybody said praise the, Lord. praise the Lord. I would like to take this part of the verse, verse 1, the very end, declaring unto you the testimony of God may be seated. The Lord bless you. I would like for you to experience the declaration of independence. I would like for you to know what it really means to be set free, made free, and to be able to declare that independence, that you are no longer a part of sin. You're no longer a part of Satan's kingdom. Now, we're all born in sin, and we're all shapen or misshapen in iniquity or lawlessness. There is a, this world in which we live, and we are born into this world, a physical world by a physical experience brings us into this physical world. And we uh, are greatly misshapen by the environment and the atmosphere all around us. This world is ruled by the prince of darkness and the power of the rulers of darkness in high places. And we're very fortunate, though, in that God so loved the world that he gave, and that is, he provided the Son, that is, the flesh, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. He sent an angel, a special messenger, to Mary, and he told her, Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. You're going to be made free from sin. You're not going to be bound by the powers of darkness any longer. That you're going to be able to stand with others that are declaring their salvation, declaring their independence, that they are no longer dependent on the flesh. What did Paul say in teaching? He said, we have no confidence in the flesh. 
That's not what we're drawing from anymore. One place spoke about the arm of flesh, but no longer are we resting or leaning upon the arm of flesh. Somebody said, lean with us. Well, I'm not leaning with the flesh. I don't want to go in that direction. Flesh is weak, and it runs downhill. It goes the path of least resistance because it's weak. It goes the path of least resistance where it finds no resistance, where it finds no pushback. And I, I don't want to go that way because that's how we wind up in the lower parts. That's how we wind up in darkness. That's how we wind up in what is known as sin. And we don't want to be unrighteous. We do not want to be lost in sin. We don't want to find ourselves in that final moment having the tree where the tree falls. There shall it be. That's where it's going to be lying, right where it falls. And I, I, you don't want to have the axe uh, of death uh, brought to the root of your life. And there you fall just as you are. I've known of men and women, but men, one man in particular I'm thinking of, that he fought so hard against what was right. And he, he showed an ugly spirit, an ugly attitude. <clears throat> and one day, just going about a normal day, got up, sun is up, sky is blue, headed out to his car and fell down dead. Where the tree falls, that's where it's going to be. There's no changing it after that. I've seen people on life support. I've seen people turking and jerking because mechanically they were keeping their body functions going. But it was truly all over. And somebody had to make a decision, whether it was the court or a piece of paper with the court or whether it was a family member to pull the plug. And so because it was over, and it was just machines. So the tree had fallen, and where it was, there it fell. No chance to say I'm sorry. No chance to make it right. No chance to change anything. You want to do that while you're living, while you're breathing, while there's breath in your body. You have a chance to make things right. You have a chance to do things right. I asked one very contrary person, a person who was speaking very uh, harshly and disrespectfully to me and fighting with me and arguing with me and I was only trying to do something good for them. And uh, I said, is this where you want to leave it? You just want to leave it right here? That's going to be it? And I've known of others. I knew a man that uh, was asked that same question and his answer was, yes, I do. He died of AIDS in a hospital by himself, lonely, sad, separated calling out to no one, asking nobody for help. Too proud. How sad. Maybe too humiliated, too embarrassed. Many spirits come to separate you from God and to bind you by sin. Want to tie you up, tie up your mind, tie up your heart, your thinking, everything about you. But I'm telling you, you can have a day of declaration, uh, uh, declaring, of your independence, that I am no longer owned by you, Satan. You no longer have your grip on my life. 
I no longer do your bidding, and I have what it takes now to resist you. I have what it takes now to stand up and square my shoulders, and I will, as many have here in the Word of God and since, I will declare myself. I will, as the writer said, declare the testimony of the gospel of God. I'm going to tell you I'm born again. I'm going to tell you I'm baptized in Jesus' name. I'm filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I want you and everyone else to know it. I'm not going to shrink back in the shadow of neutrality. I'm not going to Oh, I'm, I'm just going to be neutral. I, I'm not going to take this side or I'm not going to take that side. You know? Well, that's what, the, uh, that's what a country did, many countries did, but uh, in, in the time when six million Jewish people were being sent to gas chambers. And they weren't all Jewish. They were other people. There were Gentiles among them who declared themselves, who said, we do not believe in Mr. Hitler. We do not believe in what he's doing and what he's saying. We're standing with these people, these Jewish people that you're exterminating. We're not going to go. But there were countries made up of people and governments that wanted to remain neutral. They didn't want to take one side or the other. They preferred to shrink into the shadow of neutrality. That's, that's where the chickens hang out, you know. That's where the, the scared hang out. And how did, did you not read in the Bible where uh, it was getting time for the battle and God was telling Gideon that you're going to do the job. You're a great and a mighty and a valor, a man of valor. God was putting that courage and strengthening him. How many times did God tell his men, be thou courageous, be thou very courageous. Don't be afraid, don't be afraid. And how that the Bible said that Gideon went with 30,000 people and God said, no, we don't need 30,000 people because you got people among you that are chickens. You got people among you that want to be neutral. You got people that are only thinking about themselves. They're not thinking about my work. They're not thinking about truth. They're not thinking about being free from sin. They're not, they're not wanting to stand up. And so uh, God put them through the test. And in the final analysis, they went from 30,000 to 300. But, and, you know, some people, it's all about the number, all about the number. But that was not the case with God. It's all about the quality, not the quantity. And so God made it clear, and he said, we're the faint-hearted. That's a nice way of saying That's a diplomatic way of saying the chicken-hearted, <laughs> the faint-hearted, those with the yellow stripe running up the back, those that won't stand up and square their shoulders and stick their jaw out and say what's right, say what's truthful. And God's looking for a people, is it not written, that will worship him in spirit and in truth. He's looking for a people that will stand up, as the, uh, Luke said, and declare unto you that which we believe. God wants you to know what he believes. He wants you to know what he put in his church. He wants you to know what the church believes. He wants it declared unto you those things which are most surely believed among us. He doesn't want you in doubt. He doesn't want you in fear. He doesn't want you backing up and intimidated. He wants you to know. And that's why Paul said, I know in whom I've trusted, I've believed in. I know that. 
I know why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I know I've got my finger on chapter and verse. I've got my feet on the rock. And I'm not going to back down to you. And I, by the grace of God, I'm not going to find myself in a position where I cannot declare the truth. They took the flesh of the man Christ Jesus, having beaten him, whipped him, spit on him, crown of thorns, and they nailed him to the old rugged cross to a tree. And, and there he hung between heaven and earth. And one guy on his right, one guy on his left. And they're both spitting in his face. They're both telling him, if you are who you say you are, you'd get us and yourself down off of these crosses. Come on now, let's, let's get this going. And, and Jesus Christ laying there, uh, stretched out there rather, nailed there. And he's, he's fighting for every breath. His physical heart is about to break and burst open. He, that flesh is about to die. And, and, and at that moment, that would be a blessed relief, wouldn't it? The kind of agony that he had hung in for nine long hours in the day of his death. He put in a full day's work. Nine hours on the cross for you and I and for everybody. For whosoever will. For whosoever will. You want to be among the whosoever will. You want to be among the willing. Everybody said amen. amen. We live in a world that is increasingly more built around. What am I going to get out of it? If I do something, what am I going to get out of it? But the church operates on the free will offering. The church operates on the willing hearted. The church operates on people who do what they do as a volunteer. They want to give. They want to do. They want to be a part. They want to be doing for Jesus Christ. Well, there was a guy on the right of Jesus Christ, and we're very thankful for those four accounts. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we're very thankful for those four accounts of the one gospel because had one of the writers not spoken up, had he been neutral and he kept his mouth shut, then we wouldn't know that the thief on the right in the midst of it all repented. And he said, hey, Lord, will you today remember me when you get to your kingdom? Remember me. Jesus said, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. In the dying moments of that flesh, the great voice of the Almighty spoke out of that flesh and said, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. That was under the law. You want to remember that. That was before grace. You want to remember that. That's before you had to be born again of water and the Spirit. Please remember that and get in with the Bible and the Word of God. If you're fighting the Word of God, then you're always looking for something to get you away and out of responsibility, you know. Somebody said, well, did somebody, um, they didn't get baptized and they died. Uh, they're going to be all right, though, right? No, they're not going to be all right. Not according to the Bible. Wake up. God is very exact. God means what he says. God fulfills everything that he put in the word of God. And God is giving you every opportunity to do the right thing. You've got breath in your body and you can do it. You need to do it. You need to get among them that are declaring they're independent. No longer am I going to be under the boot heel of Satan. I'm going to rise up in the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to get free from sin. I'm going to get away from lying, cheating, stealing, doping it up. I'm going to be free. I won't need that anymore. I'm going to declare the testimony. He has truly given me the freedom and the liberty. And the Bible said to stand fast in that liberty. You're not called to be a crawfish backing up all the time. You know, 
called to stand. And we've got to stand. Satan comes in and he wants to tempt you. What did it say in one place? He stood at the right hand and was trying to hinder. Paul said he would have done certain things, but Satan hindered. But you know what? Paul got past the hindrance. And you can get past the one who hinders. You can get past the people who are trying to influence you with negative things, wrong things, ungodly things, unholy things, things that are just not right. You can pray. You can talk to God. He can make a way where there seems to be no way. He, somebody said, well, what if, what if we're out in the desert and, and there's, there's no water so we can't baptize? I read about a God that opened a rock and he didn't bring out a trickle. He brought out a river, a river. Amen, amen, amen. You know, people, people want to, uh, they want everything to be pretty. They want everything to be just right. And then they say, well, then I'll do it. Well, I got news for you. No matter how pretty God makes it and how many things he supplies, some people just won't do it, period. They just won't do it. You've got to get your mind in gear, and you've got to ask God to take your heart and change your heart for the good. You've got to ask him to give you strength and courage to stand up for what is the correct and right things in the eyes of God. It's called righteousness. And the Bible told you to seek that. The Bible told you to feel after that. That's the thing. The Bible tells you that the name, and we all know the name here, right? The name is Jesus Christ. That the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous runneth into it. And is saved. That means a, that word is is a, is a state of being verb. It's a condition that you find yourself in. You're in safety. You're in the name of the Lord. You're in righteousness. You're doing it the right way. Well, let me see now. How did God want me to do that? How's that go? You, know? you want to know how it's supposed to be. How am I supposed to be baptized? Well, the Bible teaches you. You're to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. So, well, then that's what I'm going to do. The Bible tells you, how am I supposed to get the Holy Ghost? Well, the Bible tells you that they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they all begin to speak with other tongues or languages as God's Spirit gave the ability to do that. I can't do that, no, but God through you can. God through you can. That's how you can do what the writer was describing back and teaching to the church, to people who already had been born again. They'd already been baptized in Jesus' name. They'd already been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the Bible is making it plain that he was trying to teach them from Romans to Revelation. He's trying to teach them the next level. Where you had salvation 101, now we're going to teach you about it. We're going to salvation 102. We're going to give you a little bit fuller understanding of what you have received, what, you, what you've got in your life, what God has given to you. And so that's when he said that if you will believe in your heart. Now, some people say, I believe in my heart. That's not the heart. That's your physical heart. We're talking about your spiritual heart. We're talking about your mind, the seat of your thoughts, your intellect. Let the unrighteous man forsake his thoughts. Let's get rid of those unbelieving thoughts. Let's get rid of those dirty thoughts. 
Let's get rid of those nasty, doubting thoughts. Let's forsake that. Let's abandon that. Let's repent of that. So as we begin to believe where I used to not believe, now I'm, I'm, I'm believing. So if I'm believing in my heart, not just saying it with my lips, but God sees that you really mean business, that you got past the, the superficial, the top, and you got down into your heart and you really do believe. You mean, you mean business. You mean, yes, God, I'm, I'm going to give it all away. I'm going to give it up. I'm going to let go of it. I'm not, I'm not going to drink that, what they used to call it, hooch. I'm not going to drink that anymore. I'm not going to talk about this anymore. not going to do that anymore. I'm, I'm getting away from those addictive things that are destroying me. Now, you know, most people that are in, most people that are in what we would call their right mind, they would not take a piece of glass and begin to cut themselves. You wouldn't do that. I, anybody here think you want to grab a piece of glass and cut yourself? If you do, don't come near me. No, I'm kidding. I will pray for you. Okay, I will pray for you. Um, but people, people buy, spend money to buy these little round things. And they, they get their jeans, you know, these guys, they get their jeans. They have to make sure you put that down your back pocket and you have to wash that jean so that it makes that little ring back there. So you can kind of put your sitter downer sticking out where people can see that you, you got that in there. It's a sign. It's a badge. Okay. If, as if that's not enough, i got to see the bulge here, too. So we're both in both ends. <laughs> but what's in that little round thing that they buy and they reach in there with their greasy, dirty fingers, man, what they're putting in there is glass. Because the companies decided that it wasn't enough to just put the, the char in there, that nasty tobacco in there. That wasn't enough. That's not, that's not good enough. You're not, you're not buying enough of these little round things. You're not stuffing enough in there. You're not sending enough into your arteries and your veins and your bloodstream. So we're going to grind up glass. And we're going to put glass in there so that while you're chewing that, it's cutting the inside of your mouth so that all that addictive tobacco juice will get into your bloodstream quicker and you'll be more addicted. And you'll buy more of that little thing. And after a while, you have different circles. You know, you know this world is run by the wrong spirit. This world, the spirit of this world, the small g, God of this world. He blinds the mind, and he gets you to where you're not seeing things clearly. He's operating under the camouflage, and the camouflage is all that advertisement that you think, if I do this, I'm really big and bad. If I do this, I'm floating down a beautiful river with a waterfall behind me. I'm cool. I'm Mr. Look at my hat. I'm Mr. Marble. You know, and on and on it goes. And all of that camouflage, making you, your mind, taking in those pictures, making you feel 
that you are uh, transported somehow magically into uh, this place if you'll just light it up and take it all in. Do you know one? I'm, I never meant to talk about this right now, but anyway, I am. One puff of a cigarette, 3,000 poisonous gases are going into your system. Okay? But I want to talk to you about I want to talk to you about declaring your independence. I want to talk to you about getting baptized in Jesus' name and getting full of the Holy Ghost to where you, you don't need that anymore. You know? And you pull on it. You know? I'm going to get wrinkles, you know, but I don't want to help them along. <laughs> you know? Uh, and, I, and one day, I will go. But I'm not trying to egg it on. I'm not trying to shorten my lifespan here. You know? If you love your wife, if your wife loves you, then I, I suggest you both stick around a little while. Quit trying to kill yourself. Okay? Life is, life is good when you have the Holy Ghost. You know? Life is great when you have the Holy Ghost. I want to... You know, my... My pastor's wife is 96 years old coming up this September. And, uh, you know, they took her and shut her away in a nursing home. And uh, they took away her, her independence. And I fear for people as they get older that if they fall into the hands of people who don't have this truth and practicing this truth, declaring this truth, believing this truth, I fear for people who fall into the hands, family members, because they, the spirit behind it is to get you away from the church, get you away from the protection of the church. Let's put you in a nursing home somewhere. Let's cut you off from churches. Let's get you away. But you know what? It's like that little boy that was sitting on the front pew, and everybody stood up, you know, and happy and worshiping God, and, and everybody sat down, but he kept standing. And they kept on telling, sit down, sit down, sit down. He just kept standing. You know, that's, that's really how it is because the pressure, the peer pressure of people all around us, they want you to sit down. Back to blind Bartimaeus, they want you to be quiet. Amen. People that want you to quit coming to church, but one day God's going to open those ears, you know, or those eyes whether spiritually, naturally, or both. And, and we've had that happen. We're so grateful for the things God has done and is doing and is about to do. You never know when a church service is going to take place. Friend, at the most unsuspecting moment, the Spirit of the Lord moves. Oh, yes. And old blind Bartimaeus, hearing that Jesus is coming down the road, he began to cry out, Thou son of David! Have mercy on me. In his eyes, you know, he can't see. You know, but, but he knows somewhere he's gotten word that Jesus is in the area. And he's lifting up his voice. And people come by, shh, quiet, shh, quiet. Don't trouble the master. Don't trouble him. And they thought that shut him up. He cried louder. <laughs> he said, I'm not missing this moment. Well, you and I have a moment. Life is like a moment. It's very short. Even if you live to be 100, it's still very short. It's what you're comparing it to. 
and in comparison to eternity, which is world without end, there is no time. It's very short, isn't it? So we have this opportunity now, this moment now. The Bible calls it today, this, this period of time known as grace, the church age, this, this dispensation, this particular, this period of time which God deals with us, the world. In, a, in this particular way. How's he dealing with us? He's dealing with us through the gospel, the testimony of, the, of God, of his gospel, of the death, the burial, and the resurrection. That we can die to our sin. I'm not doing that no more. And you know the pressure that came upon the little boy, and they finally grabbed him by the arms and they sat him down. Folded his arms and he said, all right, he said, I may be sitting, he said, but my Holy Ghost is standing. You don't compromise. You don't let down. You don't begin to disobey. You do the right. You do it right unto death. What did it say in Revelation? They love not their lives unto death. Unto death. But we're going to take this away from you. Well, if you insist, have at it. But we're going to take this away. We're going to put you in a nursing home. We're going to take away your independence. We're going to have control. Well, you're not going to control my salvation. You're not going to control the truth that's in my heart. And I was told by my pastor's wife that she was taken one day, and she had always, as long as I'd known her, and that's over 40 years, worn glasses. And they were a pretty thick lens in there. And they had to, you know how it is from time to time, you have to have the exam and maybe have, your lenses redone or whatever. And so uh, she was taken and, and the doctor delivered bad news and told her that uh, you're going blind. And so on the way home, family member said, well, just face it, you're going to be blind. And I was like, well, it's easy for you to say. It's such a cavalier moment in a way. And, uh, but you know, it was more or less saying, just, just accept it. Just sit down. Just take it. Don't fight it. <laughs> they took her back to her little cell in the nursing home. And she did what she'd been doing for over 70 years. She got down on her knees and she began to pray. And she said, and you know, she prayed like, I'm quite sure, like Mary, the mother of the flesh, did at the wedding feast of Cana, Cana, how that, she said, they have no wine. Now, that wasn't wine you get drunk on, okay? That was more like Welch's grape juice wine. And she said, but they have no wine. And Jesus looked at her and said, so? He said, what have I got to do with thee, woman? Now, some people just go away, oh, okay. Nah, not Mary. No, Mary, Mary said, no, you're not going to get rid of me that easily. Mary turned to the disciples and said, whatsoever he says unto you, do it. In other words, he's going to do it. That's faith. He's going to do it. He's going to take care of it. He's going to take care of it. How he's going to do it, I haven't the faintest idea. But he's going to do it. There's a need here. He's going to take care of it. He responds to need when there's faith 
And so Jesus said, well, I'll tell you what, guys. Well-instructed young men, been told whatsoever he saith unto you do it. Faithful, obedient, submissive. He said, go get me some jugs of water. Bring them over here. And so they go over, and you know in their mind they got to be thinking, okay, they need wine, and we're going to get 12 jugs of water. But see, that's, that's not what happened, because whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Okay, okay, go get the water. And they bring the water, and somewhere between getting the water and bringing the water, something happened. Because suddenly, it was dished out, ladled out, ladled out. And in the ladling out, here comes the guy that was over the wedding, wedding planner. They called him the governor of the wedding. And here he comes, and he says, man, he says, this is unbelievable. He said, everybody always gave what was best up front. He said, but what we got now is better than what we had in the beginning. Well, you know, that's what your Bible said. The end of a thing is better than the beginning thereof. That's in the book of Ecclesiastes. Oh, yes, Lord. So you, you, you tell yourself, I'm, I've got my independence here. God has done for me all the time. And sometimes I didn't recognize it, but I'm recognizing it now. I tell you, God has done many good things for all of us, even before we get into church, okay? That he's allowed us to stay alive and to have the opportunity to declare and to, to get our independence and then to declare it. And here is, here is uh, my pastor's wife on her knees in, the, in her mid-90s. And she said, now God, she said, I've got to have my eyesight or I will, I will go crazy in this place. See, she sewed. She crocheted. She always had. That was kind of her therapy. That was kind of her de-stress. Part of it, anyway. And she told me, she said, I, I got to have my eyesight. I, I have to have my eyesight. And you know the Lord healed her? Yes, he did. He healed her. He healed her. Yes, he did. And, and if you need the proof, oh, she just held up that little old needle. And she ran that thread right through there. How many of you could do that? I, I wouldn't want to have to try that. I'd be, yeah. I'm glad I don't have to sew. <laughs> don't have to worry about that. But uh, I am saying to you that you don't have to sit down on this faith. You don't have to shut down. Because other people are doing wrong. You don't have to back up and change because others have changed and others have backed up. And they've become so modern. And they've become so full of the world. And the God of this world is running their, their lives. You don't have to do that. You can, you can stay with what is right. You can declare, my Holy Ghost is standing up. It's not sitting down. It's not weakening. He's not forsaking me. He's not running away here. My Holy Ghost is strong. I can still talk to my God. My God can still move in my behalf. I, and you know I'm going to tell you, you stay in control just as long as you can stay in control. You don't want to be signing yourself off 
over to anybody except Almighty God. You want to stay. What did it say about being beset about? You know, you ever read in the Bible about being beset about with the bulls of Bashan? I don't want to find myself surrounded by a whole bunch of nasty spirits. But should that happen, I want to tell myself that he's still God and he can still do. He can still protect. He can still make a way. He can still bring me out. I will still stand and declare. I will declare. I will declare. I will make the declaration. I will make the formal statement. I will let them know, be it mother, father, sister, brother, daughter, son, aunt, uncle, double first on some side somewhere, it don't matter, step this or step up or step down, whatever it is, I'm going to let you know what I believe, what I have in my life, whatever my age, whatever my age, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to declare it. I am baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. I have the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now see if you still stand. And I still give my tithing. I still give my offerings. I still dress right. I still act right. I still praise Him. Still do that. Not backing up. Not sitting down. Not going to compromise. I'm not going to shut up. I'm going to cry the louder. Cry the louder. Cry the louder. Amen. You know, the pressure, the pressure. The Apostle Paul, Acts chapter 17, Apostle Paul finds himself on a hill in a city. And he's very grieved for the city because it's filled with idolatry, people worshiping everything but God, whose name is Jesus Christ. Now, you know, in many times in the Old Testament, they worshipped him, but they didn't have his name. It was just general, the name of the Lord. That's all they had. They didn't have the name of the Lord. <laughs> okay? And, uh, but now, now they have the, we have the name. And so here, here he's on this hill where people hung out there. You know why people hung out there? Because it was a place where they would come to hear or to tell some new thing. They should have named it Gossip Hill, huh? Maybe they did. Maybe it's called Guiding Light. I don't know. Name something anyway. Plenty of gossip. Hear or to tell some new thing. Maybe they should have called it Facebook. Hear or to tell some new thing. One woman declared unto us, said, How would I have known? Had to get beyond. You know, there are people that are that are losing their marriages and losing all kinds of personal connections because they just are addicted and live on the Facebook. It's destroying. Yeah. Then you've got then you've got wives that are on there with former boyfriends back when they were in high school. And suddenly, through Facebook, they've just dropped 30 years of age. And maybe 30 pounds. And they, somebody said 300 pounds? Okay, whatever. And, 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 and they're transported. And now they're this, this little young person again. And, and now they're walking out the door. And they're telling their husband goodbye. 
And they're leaving reality and going to fantasy land. This is true what I'm telling you. Now we can turn that right around and there's men that are talking to former girlfriends and doing the same thing. And of course, we have the, the children who are talking pedophiles. You know? My, um, somebody told me just recently, said um, about a mother that's child or children went to, boys went to the bathroom in the restaurant when time was kind of getting by, you know. Where are they? Where are they? So she went on down to the bathroom and knocked on the door. Didn't hear anything. Still doesn't hear anything. Hey, you in there? Eight-year-old comes to the door, opens the door, and says, Mom? He said, she said, well, what are you doing? Said, well, there's a man in there, and he's washing his hands, you know, we're waiting. And she said, well, you got to watch out. Why, Mom? She said, well, there's men in there that, that want to look at you. He's like, huh? You know? The things we have to warn our children about, things we have to tell our children, unfortunately, the concerns and the worries are much more prevalent now than they used to be. Because now you've got many loud voices that are saying it's all right to be like that. You can, you can be any way you want to be. Live any way you want to live. There's laws being changed. Teachings, books, and all kinds of mass media that is social networks, things going out there constantly that are trying to change and have in many, many instances changed the way that society looks and thinks about different subjects, shall we say a very shifting sands of change, uh, a very ch changing, shifting landscape in which we live in this world. But you know what I like? I like that he said, I am the Lord thy God, and I change not. And when God said, told you that here, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one that has not changed, when he told you you must be born again of water and the Spirit, that has not changed. When he told you that, that you, things that he values and he looks upon and declares them of great value that have to do with holiness and godliness and right, those things have not changed. Teach me those things. Declare unto me. The world needs the voice, the strong voice of the church to stand up and declare the testimony of God. And tell them, tell them. The now, does you know the Bible said the church will be hated of all men for His namesake? But we're not going out there trying to make people hate us. We're not picking fights. We're we're declaring the truth in love. 
We're trying to bring the truth to people and declare because we love their souls. We care about them. We want everybody to make it to heaven. But, uh, you know, when God makes a way, the Bible talks about an open door of utterance. When God makes a way as you try to approach people, you try to witness to people, you try to be a good light and a good example and do it right as an example in front of people. Why are you doing it that way? Because it's right. Okay. Not everybody's going to submit to that. Some people are going to be convicted and fight that. Some people are going to contradict that. And some people are going to be greatly drawn to that and will, will become obedient to the faith, the doctrine of the truth of God because of your example. And, and Daniel said, they that turn many to righteousness shall shine like the stars of the heaven. So you do what's right. Jesus said, and the kids sing it, let your light shine. Kids used to sing this little light. I prefer it, this great light. It's a big light. It's a great light. And you let it shine. You don't put it on, under something and shove it under a bed somewhere. You set it out on top so that everybody can see. Be given illumination. Be given. I was talking to a, a businessman the other day, and uh, he said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He said, I'm getting a revelation here. <laughs> And I said, well, you're talking my language. And uh, I guess the light was coming up in, his, in what the conversation was, beginning to see what I'm saying, you know. And, uh, and how do we often say that? That's what I'm saying, you know. Well, I'm glad you're beginning to see what we're saying. Begin to see the truth. Begin to see the message. Begin to see what's right. Don't fight it. Don't resist it. Don't go against it. And as we declare it unto you, we do it in love. We're not trying to pick a fight with anybody. We're not trying to, um, in any way, have an ugly spirit or an ugly attitude. We are trying to let you know that we're declaring. We, we want to formally state what's right. We want to do it, yes, we do it with authority. We're not weak, we're not limp-wristed, we're, we're not sissy-ish. We're bringing to you the message in power and authority from Jesus Christ. And we're not going to fight with you. We're not going to argue with you. But we are going to tell you. And everybody said amen. amen. Revelation chapter 10 in closing. And I'll tell you what. Why don't we stand together? I've gone a little overtime, look like. Y'all going to have to pay me more. I went overtime. Everybody said hallelujah. hallelujah. Revelation chapter 10. And listen to what. The writer said, but in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished as he hath declared to his saints, his servants, the prophets. God is declaring and has and will continue to declare things through his angels, his messengers, to the church. And it's our job to take that and declare it to the lost and the dying, to people that don't yet see, to people who are contrary. I don't want you to put yourself at a disadvantage. One place the writer said, lest Satan get an advantage of us. Don't play into the devil's hands. You be in control 
God wants to give you your, your papers that, that declare, your experience that will declare your independence. You're independ I'm free of Satan. I'm free of sin. I'm free of shackles and bonds. I'm free of unbelief and doubt and fear and sickness and pain and suffering. I'm free of these things because I'm baptized in the name above every name, Jesus. I'm filled with the gift of the Holy I have believed in my heart, and because he came into my heart then with the gift of the Holy Ghost, I, am, I was able to speak in another language confessing that he is Lord of all. That's how that works. That's exactly how that works. You let God, who is in control, fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Let him come into your believing heart and let there come forth a, a declaration, a, an explosive declaration of confession that Jesus Christ is both Lord and Christ. Everybody said amen. amen. And in the days in which we live, as we are quickly approaching, quickly approaching this voice of the seventh angel, the seventh angel, we're approaching that when he shall begin to sound. There's a beginning of his sound. How long he'll blow that trumpet, I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell me. That's why I don't know. It's like the guy that said that Jesus was coming two Saturdays ago, and I told him he was not. You can't know that. I said, oh, yes, I can. <laughs> and I do. And I don't mean that to sound like he's not coming. He's coming. But he wasn't just coming two weeks ago. Sorry. He might come for you, so you might want to be cautious. You might want to be ready. You ask God, let me be in control to the end. Let me, let me do this right. Let me finish up right. Let me declare. Let me be a good example. Let me show everybody the right way to do it. Let me declare. Let, let me show them this power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost, that there's a power in your life that keeps you standing. There's a power and a presence of God in your life that brings you out of every horrible thing that might come upon you. I want to declare the things that are most surely believed among us. I believe in this. I believe in healing. I believe in speaking in tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. I believe in the power of the Holy I believe in one God. I believe in baptism in Jesus' name. I believe in modesty. I believe in holiness. I believe in godliness. Hear me now. These are things the Bible teaches. I believe in these things. I believe in tithing. I believe in offerings. I believe in churches giving birth to new churches in new fields so we can reach more people. I believe in investing what God gives me into his work. I believe in that. And everybody said amen. amen. And those are the things that the devil's going to fight. And you'd sometimes be surprised who he will rear up through. And I'm not putting my trust in people that are not actively baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost and living for God. Not putting my faith in them. And everybody said amen. amen. You look to the church. That's why I gave you a form to you to sign to declare what your last wishes were concerning where I will have my funeral. And who will speak at my funeral? And who will bring the word of God over me? You hear me now? 
You don't want to fall into the hands of unbelievers. You want to be in the hands of God and the church. This is your church. You hear me? This is your church. This is the truth. This is what's right. You want your, your, your last going out of here, your last celebration of life and going up to heaven. You want it to be a declaration to everybody that I died with my faith. I died in the faith. Amen and amen. Let's give God a big hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's lift our hearts with our hands and worship him. Oh, yeah. I want to clap a little louder than before. 